comic. Why so serious? What? I'm here to talk to you about the Avenger mission. Logic. Dance off, bro! Me and you! Comic. What? Logic. Doctor Strange. You think you know how the world works? What if I told you the reality you know is one of many? This doesn't make any sense. Not everything does. Not everything has to. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Comic Book Logic. I'm your host, Joe, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Kevin. Wrong. <laughs> Well, if you're going to do that impression, <laughs> I'm just going to do my I'm going to do my Benedict Cumberbatch impression of the this is this is just going to be the accent I use throughout the entire the entire podcast. No, I don't know what do, you mean. I was born in Massachusetts. <laughs> Joe's American accent. Yes. <laughs> my neutral Midwestern accent. No, I will not do my my awful impression of President elect Donald Trump. I will uh we're not we're, no politics. <laughs> no, we're not doing that. Not at all. Not at all. Um I I I will say that I'm uh I just uh, okay, just skipping ahead like 45 minutes into this uh, this podcast, just like Tilda Swinton has 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 an accent. Chiwetel Ejiofor has an accent. Mads Mikkelsen has an accent. Everyone has an accent. We're not going to let Benedict Cumberbatch have his accent. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> right. He's got to talk like he's from, I don't know, New Jersey. Well, that's... no. That's hey, how these, I'm the Doctor Strange. That's how these movies always work. That's how every Hollywood movie works. It's like, uh, everyone who's from America talks like, like this. this. And then anyone who's from not America has, a, has an English accent. Well, speaking of, let's ask the question that we ask every podcast. Kevin, what did you know about... Doctor Strange, graying around the temples. <laughs> it's pretty. It's, I'm very familiar with his gray temples, very distinguished. Uh, and you also, and then his '90s facial hair. He does. Well, he doesn't always. He didn't always have the '90s facial hair. That's that's a relatively new. He always had the the great mustache. Is what he ah, had. He never really. Yes. He didn't always have the goatee of Doom till probably about like I think that's what they call it in the comics because everything has like the <laughs> right, eye of Agamotto, the right. cape of levitation, the goatee of Doom. <laughs> I believe it's more of a Van Dyke of Doom. <laughs> the Van Dyke of Doom. Don't get don't 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 get a. Uh, um, What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, pedantic about uh, facial hair. <laughs> I, I think he's awfully pedantic in the movie. I think I leaned over to you at one point and I was like, more like Dr. Pedant or something. <laughs> or that's what his doctorate is in. <laughs> his doctorate's in pedantry. Pedantry. <laughs> Such an a hole. All right. So all you know about him is the graying around the temples. Well, that's that's quite fine. And and you probably will know him as like, how come they made a comic book character look like Vincent Price? <laughs> right. Uh, uh, Doctor Strange made his first appearance in Strange Tales 110. No relation, by the way. Uh, um, he was created by artist and character conceptualist. I, d I don't know if that's an actual thing. Doctor Strange and his assistant Nurse Tales. Yes. <laughs> uh, Steve Ditko. Um, Steve Ditko is the pretty much the guy that's responsible for all of like. Uh, he's he's pretty much in the Jack Kirby school of art where everything's all like really crazy. Like it's very trippy. It's supposed to be very, you know. 
LSD kind of oriented. Everything's like crazy stars and weird shapes and images and things like that. You tend to see that, that a lot with Steve just, Is that the guy who just passed away? Or am I thinking of someone else? There's a, there a comic book artist. Oh, who... Steve Dillon is who you're thinking oh, about. And okay. uh, yes, I was going to talk about him a little bit later, actually, because okay. I wanted to do like an in, in memoriam of him. Um, Dr. Strange is, of course, the Sorcerer Supreme of Earth. Uh, is his origin follows the movies pretty much. Uh, he's he's in a he's in an accident. His hands. He's a an arrogant neurosurgeon. He's in an accident. Actually, I think he's just a surgeon. I don't know if it necessarily call him a neuro- neurosurgeon because this was a uh, 1960s. So like, their idea of surgery was like not having a cigarette in your mouth while you're operating. Like that was <laughs> that was like the height of 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 surgical practice in the 1960s. Uh, right. His hands were crushed, and he, he was searching for a way of getting them fixed. He went to uh, the Himalayas, like you do when you're searching out uh, alternate means of getting your hands back together, sure. where he learns the mystical arts from the Ancient One. Hmm. Alongside his manservant, Wong, uh, he lives in Bleecker Street, lives on Bleecker Street in New York City, where he protects the Earth from a mystical hubijujus that come out. <laughs> the mystical hoosits. The mystical hoosits that will attack. Who's the mystical hoosits? <laughs> Wong, <laughs> I need you to get my cloak <laughs> of levitation. I need to levitate for a moment. <laughs> oh man, uh, he's a. Uh, it's. It, it, I like that Wong is called his friend and valet, and yeah. not manservant. Like he probably was called in 1963. Yeah, um, he was yes. called his Oriental. <laughs> his, his Oriental. He's supported by two magical artifacts: the Eye of Agamotto and the Cloak of Levitation, which allows him to fly and do stuff with his hands and stuff like that. Sure. Um, his his main villains are generally Baron Mordo, who is um is his origin changed back and forth. He's generally just like a, a low tier villain, but he's he's all about uh he's jealous that Doctor Strange became the Sorcerer Supreme, like he was the next in line to do it. Yeah. And there's also uh, Dormammu, who's uh, another mystical evil being. Mm-hmm. Doctor Strange mostly deals with like these crazy, gigantic, otherworldly forces, very Lovecraftian horrors that will come and eat us all if he doesn't protect us. Yeah. Um, he's also uh, has numerous love interests. One, of course, is uh, Rachel McAdams' character. Um, why can't I think? Claire Temple. Not Claire Temple. That's Rosario Dawson. Um <laughs> Uh, Christine, Christine Palmer. Palmer. Yeah, Christine. Nurse Ratched. <laughs> who is a, the original night nurse in the Marvel comics, but is uh, uh. she's a doctor in the movie because we're in 2016. <laughs> right. She can she can have a proper job. Yes. Not that being a nurse is not a proper job. <laughs> not that being a nurse isn't a proper job. I spent my last dollar getting here. Well, my ticket and you're talking to me about healing through belief. You're a man looking at the world through a keyhole, and you've spent your whole life trying to widen that keyhole, to see more, to know more, and now, on hearing that it can be widened in ways you can't imagine, you reject the possibility. No, I reject it because I do not believe in fairy tales about chakras or energy or the power of belief. There is no such thing as spirit. We are made of matter and nothing more. You're just another tiny momentary speck within an indifferent universe you think too little of yourself oh you think you see through me do you well you don't but i see through you
soon to me. I pushed your astral form out of your physical form. What's in that tea? Psilocybin? LSD? It's just tea. With a little honey. Well, Kevin, I'm going to go over what happened in the movie Doctor Strange. God. It was a disaster. No, we're not doing the accents. No. No, no <laughs> politics. Nothing. Ah. Um, so the 2016 movie Doctor Strange, it starts off like a normal day at Kevin's house where Kristen is trying to trick him into figuring out what song is playing on there no it's usually like i'm playing the rolling stones and then asking her like do you know who this is and her being like i'm sorry i don't <laughs> like why don't you recognize the rolling stones yet <laughs> it's married for five years it's a uh it's 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 a trope that i i find kind of just grating is the the person who can tell you the exact album song length and like name and who was like the yeah. backup keyboardist on a, on a on an album it drives me crazy it pops up every once in a while in uh, yeah in in movies and TV but well, and I really don't like what they do because that's the one thing like I I do that a little bit but usually not to the depth that he does yeah. but they do that thing where it's like. Oh, it charted in 1978, but it was released in 1977. December of 1977. It's like, okay, then it's 1978, because nobody's <laughs> buying records in December of 1977, so relax. It's Christmas time. It's like, how you, it's like how you'll see London Calling on lists of the best albums of the 70s and the 80s, because yeah. it came out on, like, New Year's Eve 1979, <laughs> and it's like, well, you're both right. Okay? It's a great record. Now, just shut up. That was the biggest box office draw from 1939 to 1940. <laughs> wow! Spanning two decades! Exactly. <laughs> um, but we see that he's an arrogant neurosurgeon. He's... he's uh, uh, He thinks everything... Is there any other kind? He, I mean, he's just a brain surgeon. Like, we don't say, it's like, this isn't brain surgery because, you know, brain surgery <laughs> this isn't is easy. This is rocket science. Yeah. It's brain surgery. <laughs> exactly. Um, where... Uh, Christine comes barging in and, and has a case that's like, no, I need a second opinion on this. And he's like, everything everyone said is wrong. <laughs> exactly. And he goes in there and he's... He, he's not just doing an impression of Dr. House. He yeah, is, he is Dr. Dr. House. House. And he goes and runs in there and tells fake Joaquin Phoenix that he's wrong. And then he's able to pull a bullet out of the guy's head and, and the guy's able to survive yeah. because his hands are so steady. His hands are magic. No, they're well, just, no, they're they're just really steady. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got pretty good hands for that. I can paint little eyes on little tiny figurines. That's true. For my for my my little orc's eyes, I can paint <laughs> because I got steady hands. He could use his steady hands to remove a bullet from a guy's spinal column or wherever the hell it is. You're both heroes. <laughs> Your husband will survive. Oh, that's fantastic. Have you ever seen the movie regarding Henry? This is not going to be easy. <laughs> so, oh, oh, we we forgot about that part. <laughs> We see that he and Christine have had a relationship in the past, but it's his his arrogance and his his male machismo that only Benedict Cumberbatch can portray. Oh yeah, um, has has caused them to split up. Uh, you see, it is his his entire house is or his apartment, which is in New York City, overlooking the skyline. You can see the Avengers Tower mm-hmm. is filled with all sorts of awards for surgery, like <laughs> best awards. <laughs> awards and watches. He's really big into watches. Yeah. Um, the uh, I was actually looking into it because I, I I could talk about this a little bit later, but the um I've I've been really interested in watches lately. I don't want to wear a watch at all, mm-hmm. but apparently using watches in movies and TVs is its own sort of like so- code. 
for certain things. Like it's it's like sure. watches are symbolic, and like the type of watch you have is very symbolic in a movie. Okay, to people who understand what watches are, and I buy uh, that. yeah, I didn't know about this. What's always interesting because this is it's it's someone related. When you're saying that, it makes me think of uh, whenever Homer is wearing a watch on The Simpsons, it's because it's going to come up <laughs> like usually in that scene yes. because otherwise they don't draw him with yes. one. Chekhov's watch, yes, <laughs> right, yes, Chekhov's Homer's watch. <laughs> But um, though he he chooses the Jaeger watch is is the one that he chooses. Ooh, Jaeger. Yeah, I, I don't know the exact model and brand, but I did see it was Jaeger, and it's a thirty five thousand dollar watch, by the sure. way. Yes. Right. Um, he's on his watches way... are the new snuff boxes, by the way. <laughs> he's on his way to a symposium. <laughs> um, yeah. People are always going to <laughs> symposium. I've never symposia. been to. A, I've never been to a symposium in my life. Um, it's usually um. It's basically like uh, the rooms are pastel. Okay. Um, the lunch is uh, always like terrible hotel food. Okay. Um, and the room is always super cold. Okay. I, and you're I, very, very bored. And then you get drunk really I, I, early. I would. I always thought that like a symposium would be like a bunch of people. It, it would look like the People's Choice Awards. And then, like, there'd be some person up there giving, like, a lecture on whatever the symposium's about, and people are just drinking and wearing fancy suits. That's what I imagine symposiums are. I think it depends on the kind of symposium. I go to educational ones, which uh, Ugh, is those usually are the worst. just teachers sitting around making sure there's no administrators in the room and then letting loose on how much they hate administrators. Yeah, I would... College I, teachers, oh, professors yeah. in particular, not high school. Yeah, I, I can't stand teachers myself. They're <laughs> awful people. Awful, awful people. Anyway, he's on his way to symposium and he's getting uh, text messages from his assistant about upcoming cases that he should take. Yeah, he's obviously driving. I mean, he's being a, a, a tremendous D-bag. Yeah. You know, he's dri- he is like the picturesque. He's wearing a $35,000 watch. He's driving a... Yeah. You know, he's he he's he, uh, an eighty thousand dollar or something more, you know, car, and he's zooming around the streets, and then he's inexplicably like in too too fast, too too Cumberbatch. <laughs> well, he's he's in New York, and then he like drives out, and then like he's on an ocean road. Later, <laughs> yes, he's Long on like, in... the Pacific Highway. <laughs> he's somehow. on the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> I don't know what happened, um, but it, he's distracted from a. Uh, a uh, was a, an X-ray of a person's spine, and he gets he gets he has to swerve off the road, and he he falls into yeah, he hits yeah he hits a car because he's passing people yeah. in no passing lanes on ah, dark yeah, curving roads. Yeah, it's all bad do, things. Yeah. And yeah. then he yeah, and then the vanilla sky happens. <laughs> the vanilla sky. Then he falls in New York Harbor, where some guys like, hey, who's this going into <laughs> harbor here? <laughs> this harbor's for boats, not for cars. <laughs> Get out of here! You're crazy. <laughs> Out of here with your watch. <laughs> look, look at here, this Doctor Strange guy over here with, with his car and thinks he could go in the water. You take the expressway like everyone else, okay, buddy. Doctor Aqua Car. <laughs> Don't you drive? Don't you swim yourself back up to the road there? Hey, buddy, I know traffic's terrible, but hey, this ain't gonna help you. You got messed up hands. I know Christie closed the bridge, but this ain't the way to get there. <laughs> That's my last political comment. <laughs> um, so yeah, he's uh, he, he goes through multiple surgeries to rebuild his hand. His hands are mess. Like there's, it's specifically yeah. shown that his hands are all like creepy, yeah. all hellraisery. He, they are. It's got metal plates attached yeah. to him. And he's like, it, it my look- hands. Yeah. What, what an ironic punishment. <laughs> <laughs> Well, your hands are fine, but your feet are completely crushed. 
Oh, um, will I be able to walk? Yeah, you'll be able to walk. You, you won't be great at walking, but you <laughs> but know, I can still do surgeries and stuff, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, presumably. Oh, yeah. this 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 could Phew. be far worse. <laughs> <laughs> but you've lost your sense of smell. <laughs> no, <laughs> to the Himalayas. <laughs> so he goes through um, multiple multiple surgeries to try and get his his hands back to where they are. Um, he's Christine is trying to take care of him in a in a very nurse like way, uh, make sure that he's he's okay. It, you could see that it's costing thousands of dollars to get these surgeries, uh, multiple tens of thousand dollars to get these surgeries done. He's selling off the stuff in his apartments. He's he's mm-hmm. left with uh, at the very end one watch. He's sitting there <laughs> right. with with the occupational therapist trying to get his hand the strength back in his hand, um, and he's like. In the, the he's like, have you ever seen someone come back from something this bad? And he says, Yeah, this one guy, Benjamin Bratt, he had his uh, <laughs> right. he had his back broken. He was Law walking. and Order, Benjamin, Benjamin Bratt. I like that we get Benjamin Bratt gets to be on the other side of that, where yeah. it's like he goes to see him. And he's like playing <laughs> basketball. basketball. I was thinking that like yeah. every Law and Order witness who's not moving boxes <laughs> or, or doing pizzas, right? Yeah. <laughs> like we like to do pizzas in the dun, oven. Dun. Uh, he's like, yeah, I saw this guy. He's walking again. And he's like, oh, okay. So, so he goes and he, he talks to this. So he talks to Benjamin Bratt. He's what? like, yeah, I seen a wizard. <laughs> in the Himalayas. <laughs> I go to the Himalayas. He goes, to, the wizard helps me walk. Oh, he sends him to Kathmandu. Um, this is not before um, he gets one final call from a colleague who says he will not operate on him because it's it's too risky. Um, can't risk his record, which is a you know, a thing like Doctor Strange won't operate on certain people because they're lost causes. You can't do that, and he won't be able to help them. So why risk his reputation on that? Right. And the same thing happens to him, which is like, oh, the bitter irony. You only do things when you can definitely win. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like the presidency of the United States. Um, the um, so yeah, uh, and, and he yells at Christ- what a nasty podcast. He yells at Christine. <laughs> uh, he's he's like. He's like, I, I don't like you. You just, you just see me as lost cause. Well, because, because you are a lost cause. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you, know, you can't use your hands. Like, you know, you're, you're a surgeon. You know, you can yeah. do lots of other stuff too. Sure. And it's like, no, I have to use my hands. Yeah. Um. So he packs it all up on Benjamin Bratt's advice and goes to Kathmandu. Uh, and like Kevin said, like the Bob Seger song. <laughs> They well, made... I, well, because I said it literally, literally right, right before Rachel McAdams <laughs> makes that joke, which yes. is, I think, why it was funny. Yes. And then I kept trying to do I kept, like, thinking to do that later, but I, I didn't. Uh, you, I was like, I, yeah. That was a one-shot thing. Well, it all just comes back to the opening joke about the right. about the songs like he knows the songs and so they Which by that point I had forgotten about that anyway because it was one thing in the cold open and then that was it like i ne- it never came up again yeah but i mean it does come up again cuz he knows bob seger catmandu right but that's yeah. the only two times that ever you're just comes looking up. forward to putting bob seger's catmandu in this podcast it's aren't you it's totally happening it's i don't even have to download it because <laughs> i've already got it <laughs> go um, to catmandu <laughs> So he goes, he goes, he goes to Kathmandu, and it's beautiful uh, location shooting. It looks gorgeous. Like I shouldn't say it looks gorgeous, but it looks just like you'd expect, like a Tibetan Himalayan city to look. Mm-hmm. Like very real. And he gets into, uh, he's he's looking for the. Uh, I can't remember what the place is called, 
Like the Order of the Phoenix. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. He's trying to find the Chamber of Secrets. The cha- he's trying to find the Chamber of Secrets. Yep. And eventually uh, he's mugged. Sure. But, uh, by uh, some local toughs. By some local, some local Himalayan toughs. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he's stopped by, they're stopped by a ninja. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, the ninja takes him, takes Doctor Strange to go see the Ancient One, who turns out to be the bad guy from Snowpiercer. Yeah. Orlando. <laughs> How many other Tilda Swinton roles can I think of? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know, but the ninja was, of course, Chiwetel Ejiofor. Yes. Makes a great sort of, I don't know, I guess he's a sidekick? I don't know. Well, I don't know if he's a sidekick. He's a supporting character. Of sorts. Yeah. Yes. And he's not really a proper sidekick. Yes, his character, Mordo. Mordo. Yes, because, you know, people get good names like Mordo. Eh, it's a comic yeah. book. It's about a- wizards. <laughs> it's about wizards. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the ancient one. So of course, you know you're going to get that scene where the the scientist is like, "There's no such thing as magic," and yeah. then she's like, "Yes, there is." Here, <laughs> boom! I show you magic. And he's like, "Oh my god, there's magic! Show me!" <laughs> and she's like, "No, <laughs> no, you're kind of a a dick." <laughs> but I mean, like, of course he's not going to believe in magic. No, no believes in magic. Right? I mean, certain people believe in magic, just like. You know, they'll believe that the Republican-controlled House and Senate will bring jobs to the economy. But the... the <laughs> so magic. Right? So, yeah, yeah, magic. Uh, but th- then he's like, oh, I believe in magic. Please show me. And she's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, apparently she sees that uh, he is uh, has the same um, uh, um, kind of drive in him that a former <laughs> pupil has. The, uh, the same je ne sais quoi. quoi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess, actually, we did kind of miss the very well, beginning was, yeah. cold open, which was uh, um, Michael, I keep wanting to Casilius. say, Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah. I, I, Michael Madsen. Earlier, uh, or, I, I said that to Kristen as we were getting ready to go see the movie, and I, I was like, so she's like, oh, who else is in it? Because she only really knew him and Tilda Swinton. And I was like, oh, I was rattling off the people. And I was like, and then uh, the villain is Michael Madsen. And then I went, wait, that doesn't sound right. And I'm like, no, no, no. Who am I thinking of? And then I looked you're, it up and I'm like, oh, okay, that's. You're Doctor Strange. All right. Well, I'm Cassilius. Yeah. <laughs> you want to see my sword collection? <laughs> Michael Madsen has a big uh, sword collection. Yes. Um. Yeah, the real cold open is there. Um, Mads Mikkelsen enters into a library, but we're given no reference to what any of this is, so I don't no. think it's a very good cold open. No. Because, uh, like, I knew what was going on. Sure. However, your wife was probably like, huh? What movie are we watching? <laughs> yes, Mads Mikkelsen and, a, and his band of ninjas yeah. enter into, like, this weird library, steal a book, rip some pages out, and, like, decapitate a guy i mean that is just terrible library etiquette no i mean first of all that's the worst bookshelf i've ever seen yeah it's just like the worst way to store books that i've ever seen yeah they're like that's her private library no one can touch them but here they are yes <laughs> oh floating they're, on they're, this thing they're protected by chains that you can easily take off right <laughs> right dr strange just walks up to it at some point and it's just like oh this book <laughs> and you're like wait he can just all right, then. Well, it's not a true library because the librarian isn't sitting there wearing three sweaters holding a cup of tea for warmth. That's true. Like every librarian I've ever met in my life. <laughs> That's true. Uh, yes, Cassilius is a former student of hers who went evil yeah. and is trying to 
summon Dormammu yeah. from the dark dimension. Yeah, so yeah. he t- he takes that page, and then we get the first action sequence with the the crazy Inception oh, yeah. buildings thing. So that's where we kind of get this introduction of like, oh, yeah, it's gonna be all effectsy and stuff. Yes. Um. So yeah, Tilda Swinton introduces Doctor Strange into the world of magic, no. where it's just harnessing <laughs> energies from different dimensions. Right. And he gets good at it in 13 minutes. <laughs> well, he the- goes from, uh, my hands don't work and I've never heard of any of this, to, I'm the best. <laughs> Which is great because... You're the best around. <laughs> never ever gonna let you we down. We didn't even get that. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't get, even a, get like, a, a training, training montage. montage. Yeah. It's like, and he makes the point of saying, she, you know, because he's like, how do I get good at this? And she's like, well, how did you get good at, you know, doing the brain surgeries? And he's like, years of practice. And, and she's like, yeah, you won't need that much. <laughs> well, the, uh, you know, she. Did you, I'm sorry, did you say years? Oh, no, no, no. We don't have that kind of time. <laughs> well, we, we learned that they have a magical instrument called a sling ring. Um, that could help them travel through dimensions. By the way, not in the comics at all. This is completely made up for the movie. Yeah. And I think uh, one of the most idiotic things ever. Like, oh, we need this special ring in order to, you know, move across dimensions. I hope no one loses it. That yeah. would really put a hamper on how we structured our plot sequences. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so he's, you know, while all the students around him are, are doing their weird Tai Chi to create their energy shields and stuff like that, and energy whips, yeah. he uh, he can't do it. He's, he's something is blocking him from performing magic. So Tilda Swinton takes him to the yeah. top of that. It's the fact that it's still that same day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it has only been a few hours. Uh, and he also, so Tilda Swinton takes him to the top of Everest, and eventually he's able to. Uh, yeah, she kind of puts him in that sink or swim kind of. Yeah, you're gonna die up well, here if you, you don't. You gotta remember, it out. it's not about you. You know, yeah. That's that's what you got. That's all this movie's about, man. It's not about you. Yeah, yeah, man. Just, just, we're all interconnected. It's just wrong. One, <laughs> we're one big. It's about me. Organism. Yeah, but anyway, uh, so he he gets the he starts studying all the books on magic. You know, he's going through the library. He meets Wong, the new the new librarian, mm-hmm. and you know, cracks some jokes. Like you ever hear? Oh, it's just Wong. You know, like like share. Beyonce, come on! Yeah, you, you never heard of Beyonce, which leads to the funny scene of Wong listening to his iPad and mm-hmm. iPod, you know, mm-hmm. to Beyonce. Sure, jokes. Um, yes, jokes. Um, that's yeah. So he's he's reading all these books because he has a photographic memory. So which is important, yeah. you know. You don't want to become a hero through study and hardship. You just want to just rely on your natural talents. Is is essentially what it's all about. Oh yeah. <gasps> Eventually, you know. Uh, He's. We learned that Cassilius is is leading attacks on the three sanctum sanctorums throughout the world. The one in London, Hong Kong, and uh, Fresno. In Fresno, Fresno, New, California, New York. Yeah, that's the other <laughs> oh, one. okay, right, right. <laughs> was it Hong Kong or Topeka. was it Beijing? I think it's Hong Kong. I believe it's Hong Kong. Yeah, Topeka, Kansas, <laughs> Fort Leavenworth. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, Cassilius is 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 leading this uh, attack on these on the Sanctum Sanctorums. So Doctor Strange is uh, one of the few who's able to make it out. And uh, oh, I'm sorry, we forgot the one thing. There's a there's a mystical object called the Eye of Agamotto that uh, ah. will help him uh, yeah. use uh, uh, dice. The, going through the Forbidden Tomes, he learns the magic of reversing time. Ooh. Ooh, I hope that comes in handy later. 
Um, if I could turn back time, and if I find my word, <laughs> I take back those words that hurt you. My mom was in love with Cher in the '90s. Sure, that was like one of the top songs of 1990s. By the way, it yeah. was like one of the number one hits of the 1990s. Hey, people are weird, man. Cher. St- Prancing around on top of like an aircraft carrier. <laughs> that was a video. Um, yeah, so uh, Casilius is leading attacks on the Sanctum Sanctorums. London has fallen, and now he's attacking New York. Uh, Doctor Strange goes to, to, to defeat him. Yeah, he kind of wanders into the middle of like, what is happening right now? It's like, don't worry, guys. I'm just a trainee. I, I you can do whatever you want. <laughs> right. Uh, he. he Smashes. I figured out how to do this glowing whip thing a few minutes ago. Will that help? <laughs> We're turning into Do- uh, Dr. Evil. <laughs> he, so he, he fights Cassilius and his, 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 his wiener band. His merry men. His merry men of ninjas. Um, by himself as a novice, he's able to take out most of these highly trained ninjas. Sure. Um, well, he's with a the holographic help, memory. With the help of I the guess. cloak of levitation that attaches himself to Doctor Strange, is like like the carpet in Aladdin. Exactly. Yes. A delightful, sort of anthropomorphic CG CGI cloak. cloak. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very cute. And he's able to uh, track down Cassilius and, and and trap him, where Cassilius tells him, "It's like, oh, but." Doctor Strange, you have to understand. <laughs> the ancient one, she uses Dormammu herself. <laughs> I can't really do a Mads Mikkelsen, so I'm just going to make him into uh, <laughs> Peter Laurie. Peter Laurie, yeah. <laughs> Mads Mikkelsen would make a pretty great Peter Laurie in like a remake of Casablanca. Sure. Yeah. Um, and you know, Doctor Strange, he's all like, I don't know how to feel about this. <laughs> I, I mean, like in that situation myself, I'd be like, "So you you use the power of Dormammu from the dark dimension to keep yourself from aging?" And she's like, "Yeah, and that's a bad thing, right?" Well, I guess. Yeah. Well, okay. I, I. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what the problem is that's, necessarily. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm like, I don't know how to feel. <laughs> And Chiwetel Ejiofor gets very personally offended by this revelation, like, I can't believe that she would do this. Well, Dormammu is their great evil of the Dark Dimension. It's not called the Happy Fluffy Dimension, Kevin. It's called the Dark Dimension. Yeah. There's a reason why it's called the Dark Dimension, not because it's slightly darker than the other dimensions. Yeah, although it is. I mean, it is, but I mean, there's still glowy stuff. There's a lot of glowing things, which is very helpful, because otherwise it would be significantly darker. darker. Yeah. So it's good that there's all these sort of purple... And green light doodads. The problem is, in the English language, the word dark has multiple meanings. Yeah. So, you know, it's hard for us to tell. But I think they're using the term dark as in the malevolent dimension. Ah. Yes. Yeah. Or, or the evil dimension. The giant purple man dimension. dimension. Yes. Um, Because apparently Cassilius has to destroy the Sanctum Sanctorums in order to bring the dark dimension to Earth so that everyone will live forever. In the dark dimension. That's the reason he's doing it. Yeah. You know, he lost his family right. um, in kind of a throwaway line. So, we... <laughs> right. Yeah, it's one of those things that sounds pretty good, I guess. Yeah. Obviously, you know there's going to be some caveats yeah. to living forever in the dark dimension. Well, we'll all get it's rickets like... from the lack of vitamin D. <laughs> 
nothing else. <laughs> exactly. We don't need that. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like, Doctor Strange, you don't understand. We'll all live forever in the dark dimension. Live forever, you say? Yes, in the dark dimension. <laughs> dark dimension? <laughs> Oh, no. No. <laughs> Wait, go back, go back, go back. <laughs> What'd you say? We'll live forever. No, after that. <laughs> after that. In the. No, no, after that. Keep going. Dark dimension. Now put it all together. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to live together. I'm surprised they didn't do more of that, because they do have that great the, uh, little vaudeville moment, which I do really like, where he's like, oh, well, well he says something Mr. like, Strange. who are you, mister? Or he's like, mister, and he's like... It's Doctor, actually. And he's like, all right, Mr. Doctor. And he's like, no, it's strange. And he goes, I suppose so. <laughs> Who am I to judge? <laughs> Which is a great sort of like Abbott and Costello mini routine that I was like, people need to appreciate that more. I enjoy that. I enjoy the old school humor of that. If I can find that clip, I'll put it uh, in because what, it's funny. What, what, what. <laughs> And then, like, later he finally, like, because he calls him Mr. Doctor later, and he's like, no, it's Dr. Stephen Strange. Yes. He has to, like, drive it home. Yes. Um, you know, there's also, um, during that whole confrontation, uh, after the confrontation with Cassilius, he's uh, stabbed by uh, oh, yes. by, by, the, by one of by the ninjas. light sword. Yeah, it's thing. like a glass light sword. Yeah. So he has to go, he finds out he's in New York, so he's like, ah, I'm just gonna go back to the old hospital, you yeah. know, go down there. So he, uh, he, he Ubers a taxi. <laughs> right. And uh, gets to the hospital. <laughs> no, he opens up, uses a sling right. ring, and he ends up in the it's hospital. Five minutes for an Uber X. Mm. <laughs> Alright, well. Well, let's lift. Uh, <laughs> Alright, I'll just use a sling ring. Create an account. I don't... <laughs> Okay. What's I, have... I, I what's what's the three why do they always ask for the three numbers on the back of the card? I mean if everybody <laughs> knows the back three numbers on the back of the card, the three numbers are just as useless as the front of the card. <laughs> God damn it. Um so he goes to the hospital and uh Christine's there, he's like Christine, I need you to operate on me. Yeah. And then he enters I was stabbed with magic. He <laughs> gotta help. Then he then he enters the ethereal plane. Yeah. He sort of turns into the frighteners. It's a yeah. weird moment. But it's the, fun. Becomes very. It, it's a silly, fun scene. I thought. Yes, and but one of the, the ninja who stabbed him, who's now dead, is attacking him. Right. Um, in the ninja ethereal, McBad guy. Yes, in the ethereal plane, and they're fighting each other. And he makes Christine use the EKG paddles because mm-hmm. that's gonna, you know, that helps him destroy the other guy's spirit, and he dies. Yeah. And he comes back, and he's all like, "I use magic now," and she's like, "Um, okay." Yeah. She's she's very okay with the revelation. She's yeah. like, this doesn't really make any sense to me, but you seem committed to it. And obviously I saw <laughs> weird stuff, yeah. so <laughs> you, I'll allow it. Yeah. It seems weird, but you know what? Good for you. You found something. <laughs> you found something. <laughs> Most people, ship in a bottle. You, magic. It's fine. Yeah. You, <laughs> Christine, I've learned something special. It's called close-up magic. <laughs> <laughs> Keep an eye on my hands. Um, so he goes back, and you know, to Katmandu, and and you know, oh, we're gonna have the epic confrontation in Hong Kong. We'll send we'll send Wong and his and, and his buddies down there. Um, hopefully, you know, maybe there's multiple Wongs because, as as we all know, Kevin, two Wongs do make a right. <laughs> oh boy! All right. <laughs> 
So uh, by the time Doctor Strange gets there, Hong Kong, the Hong Kong Singdom Sanctorum has fallen. Right. When, when, <laughs> it literally has fallen over, and there are tentacles everywhere. Uh, it, Things yeah, are exploding. There's People tentacles. Are screaming. It's the dark dimension. Cassilius is one. But he, uh, Doctor Strange uses the Eye of Agamotto to reverse time, and you get this really fantastic action sequence. Yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, during one of the conference, during that early, oh, yeah, Tilda conf- Swinton dies. Yeah, Tilda Swinton's killed. <laughs> she gets dropped. They do have a big sort of fight, and they're running around. It's not really a fight because they're like because they they go to the mirror. Yeah, the dimension, mirror dimension. Yeah, where they're like things that we do here can't affect the real world so we could just jump around and do whatever we please but then he doesn't think that through and then chiwetel edgyfor explains it was this a mordo because i'm yeah, tired of saying mordo. his long name uh mordo says uh yeah but they're super awesome at being in the mirror dimension and you don't he only just found out <laughs> what it is so this was a terrible plan and we have to run away yes um, <laughs> which they then spend the next 15 minutes doing. Yes, and it's all Inception-y until the Swinton shows up, and then she dies. Yeah, it's Inception, like, through a kaleidoscope, it's basically. Pr- it's pretty cool. I mean, I'm not yeah. going to knock no, it. It, it's it, was, it was amazing. It was amazing Fun to look effects, at. yeah. Fun to look at. Um, but she's killed, and they have this, this scene where... Uh, where Strange and Tilda Swinton have like kind of like mm-hmm. a going away, and she's like, I've seen this moment a thousand times, blah, 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 and she dies. Yeah. Yes. So that leads to them going to Hong Kong. Uh, Dr. Strange is like, I'll use the Eye of Agamotto, and he reverses time, and then you get a reverse time fight scene where everything's rebuilding itself, and they're mm-hmm. fighting in real time through right. that. It's really cool. I really yeah. love that scene. Mm-hmm. You know, they're throwing people into walls as the walls are getting rebuilt, right. you know, or fish tanks or whatever else yeah. that people get trapped in. It's a pretty cool scene. However, it's not enough. Uh, Dormammu is, is coming through. Uh, Doctor Strange is like, I have one last plan. Um, and he sets in motion. And, he- <laughs> and it's to go and do an improv bit. <laughs> <laughs> an improv bit. Yeah, he goes up there and using the Eye of Agamotto, he traps Dormammu in a time loop uh-huh. and basically says, the only way I'm going to let you out of this is if you promise to go away yeah. um, and take, you know, Cassilius with you. Yeah. And Dormammu's like, no. Uh-huh. He's like, all right. He's like, don't cast magic angry, Steve. Don't cast magic angry. And that's a Groundhog Day reference. Yeah. <laughs> so you get Groundhog Day over and over and over again. You know, Doctor Strange... Tries to beat off, but Dormammu keeps killing him and killing him and killing him. But he keeps coming back because he's in a time loop. Um, just like the Star Trek The Next Generation episode, cause and effect. <laughs> or Groundhog Day, if you like that. Mm. <laughs> Star Trek, give me Bill Murray and a groundhog. Yeah. I speak that language. <laughs> Dormammu's like, Ned? Ned Ryerson? <laughs> right. Eventually, Dormammu gets tired, and he's like, fine, whatever, let's, you know... Yeah. This, I'm, this is stupid. <laughs> I'll get you next time, Stephen Strange. <laughs> Take him away, boys. <laughs> the cops arrest Dormammu. <laughs> They've got, like, the cuffs on the very end of the tentacles. Take him away, toys. <laughs> you know what I meant. <laughs> so uh, Dormammu and his big flaming head decide to go away, and the world is safe. To Steve, thanks to Stephen Strange, who now becomes the 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 Sorcerer Supreme of, guy. Well, they don't call him the Sorcerer Supreme. I don't think he's necessarily the Sorcerer Supreme yet. Yeah. But he becomes the protector of the Sanctum Sanctorum of New York. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Can you imagine how much that real estate costs? 
in in New York City. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I believe it was given landmark status in the seventies, oh. and so yeah. if nothing else, it's rent controlled at this point. Yeah, there was actually it was the um, the Marble Rye riots of uh, nineteen sixty four. <laughs> yes, this way it's it's a it's, it's a pretty big icon in the city. <laughs> yeah, they were putting too much sawdust in the rye. They couldn't. It was a big thing. Yeah. Hundreds of old women just rioted. Well, it's well, it's not too far. It it is good real estate. It's it's nice because it's not actually too far. It's um, it's it's in the Pacific Coast Highway part of New York. The Pacific, the Pacific <laughs> yes, right, <laughs> yes. Um, everything is fine. He's he's now the head of the Sanctum Sanctorum. Um, Wong has a throwaway line that the Aya Bagamato is an infinity gem. How is it? What is he? infinity gem. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone well, else is looking for these damn infinity gems, and Ian Wong's like, oh, yeah, we got one right here. Yeah. yeah. It's, you yeah. have the infinite universe of Guardians of the Galaxy, and like eight of the infinity gems are all on Earth. Like, what the hell's going on? Sure. Anyway. That's what you do. Uh, then you have the first cut sequence, which is Doctor Strange talking to Thor. Oh, and, yeah. And he's, he's, like, he's like, so, Thor, when are you going to leave? And he's like, as soon as I find my dad. And he's like, okay. <laughs> and that we'll sequence. go find your dad. <laughs> Let's go find him. <laughs> it's Odin. <laughs> Odin sleep. <laughs> um, and then the the final one is Mordo, who is now angry at the fact that the ancient one has used uh, <laughs> has, well, the ancient one has has stolen magic from Dormammu, who decides that he wants to get rid of all sorcerers, so he goes and kills Benjamin Bratt. Right. Yes. And so, <laughs> sorry, I'm just thinking of Odin now as Anthony Hopkins in the end of Silence of the Lambs, where he's like at the resort <laughs> with like the hat and the sunglasses, <laughs> and, he, and he like calls Thor, and he's like, "You'll never find me, Thor." <laughs> I'm going to go meet an old friend for dinner. <laughs> and he's like following Loki around. It's, gonna it's, it's, it's he's got no, he's got it's he's got a Hawaiian shirt and like right. uh, like the the but like the gold boots, the shorts, and he's got but he's no, he's got the big helmet with the horns on it. <laughs> right, that's what he's got. Just yeah, Benjamin Brad is is killed. That's the big the, the big yeah. the big ending of the movie. The yeah, so he's the Mordo's going to be a bad guy now. Yes. Mm. notes all right so they've been trying to get this movie made at least since 1986 um bob gale wrote uh the original script in 1986 um pretty Ooh. much famously for co-writing uh back to the future yeah. so this would have been right after back to the future mm-hmm. um the there was a movie that was written uh by alex cox in 1989 that uh, was actually uh, co-written with Stan Lee. Interesting. And uh, it had the character traveling to the fourth dimension before facing Dormammu on Easter Island. Ah. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. In 1992, Wes Craven signed on to write and direct a Doctor Strange. Oh, wow. For release in 94 and 95. This would have been right around the time of Scream. Yeah. Yeah, it would have. Yeah. Interesting. Um, 
In 95, our good friend David Goyer had wrote a script oh, for 1987, which would have had Doctor Strange wearing all leather <laughs> and right. in a rave. Yeah, exactly. Um, talking like this, Doctor Strange. <laughs> um, by 2001, Dimension Films got the rights, um, with Goyer back on board to write and direct. Um, the uh, But the kept on going around. 2004, the script had yet to be written. Uh, Marvel Studios by that point was, you know, getting really big and they decided to get into, uh, uh, it was still under, it was under the Marvel brand. So they were trying to get it done. Uh, 2009, they tried to get it done. 2010, they finally got, um, they finally started getting the motion happening. And in 2013, they announced that this movie was going to go forward by 2016 for the, um, the third, uh, the yeah, are we in the third now? I, yeah, I lose we're in the track third of where Technic- we are. Technically, the movie takes doesn't take place in the phase three universe, all, all of it takes place in, supposedly in phase one, hmm. like because it's all an origin story that takes place in phase one. So, Doctor Strange, as we <clears> see him at the end of the movie with Thor, that's phase three. Interesting. So there is a reference in the movie when he's, and I don't remember it. I was trying to remember when we were talking about it, where he's driving the car. Oh, with Rhodey? With the Rhodey reference? That's what it was. Because what movie is that? Well, that's technically Civil War. However, um, uh, Kevin Feige actually went out and said that that is not Rhodey that they're talking about. Uh. So what they're they're saying is that could be, there's there's a lot of different uh, theories on who that could be. Um, one of them is like one of the Hammer guys from when Justin Hammer was trying to create the Iron Man suit, mm, and the okay. guy like got twisted around and broke his spine. Um, that's been uh, debunked as well, but there's a lot of gotcha. You know, All right, well, so it's not quite. I think it probably was a reference to Rhodey, but then they realized and then like, they forgot. Or, yeah, it's like, <laughs> oh no, this doesn't take that doesn't work in the timeline. So let's just say it's not him. Um, I think one of the other big things with the production is is that Joaquin Phoenix was like signed on to do this role yeah yeah he was like dead set on getting it done they wanted him for it he wanted to do it negotiations fell apart at like the last second Hmm. um benedict cumberbatch was i know very a fan favorite let's just put it that way a lot of people i think everyone who probably listens to this podcast knows who benedict cumberbatch is yeah in terms like from from sherlock you know right not from the war horse no <laughs> or tinker taylor soldier spy benedict no. cumberbatch i think uh, everyone knows him from sherlock i guess um so they brought him on board um fan of the the, the face that launched a, t- a thousand tumblr gifts yeah. um they brought him on board to to be part of the movie um you know, there's a lot of other people who auditioned for it, but it's like the normal people who who always like Ethan Hawke. He's always on that list for some odd reason. <laughs> like, yeah, Ethan Hawke's on for everything. Um, this movie opened up Gangbusters, uh, one of the highest, uh, one of the biggest grosses for Marvel in a you know uh, for a standalone in a while. I mean, it, it's beaten out Hulk and Ant Man, which were the two on the lowest end. Mm-hmm. The movie opened fantastic in China, but. Part of the reason is is that Chinese people love Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh. That is no joke. They absolutely love Sherlock and Benedict Cumberbatch. I did not know that. Uh, yeah, and uh, you know this is opening you know right before the big Thanksgiving weekend, mm-hmm. uh, giving at least giving some leeway to Disney's other big movie Moana. Yeah, um, it's worth noting that Doctor Strange's success pushed Disney to be the second movie company to uh, grow six billion dollars in a year. 
after Universal did it, I think, two years ago, hmm. or whenever Jurassic World came out. Hmm. So yeah, It was last year. So they're thinking that with Moana and Rogue One coming out still this year, that Disney could break $7 billion for a movie in, in, going on. Gross. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. Um, yeah, let's talk about it. Let's, let's talk about Iron Man 4, a.k.a. <laughs> Doctor Strange. Say, let's talk about how this is the exact same story about a gifted, genius, playboy, uh, arrogant kind of guy who takes a fall, has to rebuild his himself physically and mentally, and uh, he's got magical, sparkling hands instead of rockets. And both have to beat Jeff Bridges. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, this 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 movie is is pretty much identical beat for beat as Iron Man, with the exception that um, we have now learned a little bit from Iron Man. So Disney, you know, just takes a spin on it. I don't think there's anything wrong with. Well, it's take- not that Iron Man was the you know was the most original brilliant yeah. story anyway. It was I just, just kind of like. Yeah. I think that they found something that worked, and they just yeah. decided to go with it again. And I think that's smart because, you know, nobody knows what this is, and it's different enough because it's like, well, it's not really they're superheroes. It's like he his magic stuff. Yeah. And so you're kind of like, oh, this is like Mar- Marvel's Harry Potter universe, <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, man. Excuse me, ancient one. <laughs> right. Oh, uh, I mean, there's there's so much to to go into. I mean, let me get off the get off right of the bat and saying that I absolutely was in love with this film visually. Um, I loved a lot of the stuff they did with the 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 Inception style built with the moving the buildings and everything moving like that and the mirror universe stuff. I love that they aped a lot of the Steve Ditko um, like images for the the dark world or whatever it is or mm-hmm. the dark dimension um i i loved all that stuff i thought this yeah. movie was one of the most visually appealing marvel movies i've seen probably since guardians of the galaxy i, I was gonna say that's the one that it reminds me the most of i think for a couple reasons one is that it 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 doesn't necessarily look like it takes place in that same universe because it's not all of the same places yeah. and the same uh, people and just a similar look and feel. They get to have fun because Guardians is like, oh, we're literally yeah. elsewhere in the universe. Yeah. And then this is like, well, they're on Earth, but it's a very different vision of Earth. Yeah. And the way that they're able to kind of manipulate reality around them makes it feel like you may as well be in some other reality or some other part of the universe. So, yeah. I mean, and it's yeah, exactly. And it's like, yeah, we could, you know, move buildings around on Earth, but it's kind of cool to do this. And there's like, oh, there's no ramifications to anybody, you know, on Earth when we're, you know, moving buildings and crushing things and things like that. Yeah. Um, however, I had many problems with this movie. Yeah. And I'm kind of glad we didn't record this right after seeing it, because I probably wouldn't have seen a lot of these problems. Mm-hmm. Um, starting right off the bat, why the hell did Benedict Cumberbatch have to do that damn American accent throughout the entire movie? <laughs> I, I could not figure that out when it was happening. I, I, I don't think it was necessary. I think they were just like, well, he's from New York. And it's like, he doesn't have to be. No. He doesn't have to be from anywhere. He could just be Benedict Cumberbatch. Just be charming and... 
yeah. English. I mean, that's like, and that's like the least of my of of my things that pissed me off about this movie. I mean, and the things didn't piss me. Off. It's not like I'm pissed off. Like I'm like, ah, screw Doctor Strange. I'm never gonna watch it. I'll probably watch it again because I really enjoyed the movie. Mm-hmm. But I, another thing, Doctor Strange, just like as we saying with the Tony, he's this haughty individual who believes that you know he can control. You know, he's the leader of his own destiny and things like that. So, you know, we have this, this, the fall, like his fall. It's never, it doesn't go far enough with his fall. Like, you never truly feel bad for him. No. The only reason that any of this works is because We're Benedict told. Cumberbatch is so likable. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, okay, <laughs> your, your cat has discovered the string on my hoodie. Yeah. Um, we're to, we're he's so likable that if he were any less of just a charismatic guy, you'd be like, screw him. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like he's so the character is such an a hole. Yeah, and it's I think that my problem is is you he's never fallen far enough where you you actually feel bad for him. Mm, yeah, I mean like right, and it's not it's not outwardly explained how bad it's gotten for him. Right, I mean there's certain things like. Like, oh, yeah, he can't use his hands. That's fine. There's that scene in the boardroom where they kind of, which I think is about as close as they get to, like, saying, like, you're useless to us now. Yeah. I mean, they never, but they never go that extra, push it just a little bit to show how far he has fallen. You see that his apartment is gradually becoming less and less. Uh, there's no nothing in his apartment. He's selling off all of his stuff. Yeah. Which is. But you're trying to, se- they're trying to sell us this idea. It's like, but he's, he was such a D-bag. Like, yeah. You're like, yeah, okay, well, who cares? Yeah. It's not like he was volunteering his time at a local children's hospital, and now the orphans can't uh, receive the uh, the life-changing surgeries that he was donating. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, he was picking and choosing people, and uh, yeah. he was a jerk. And it's it's kind of hard to, to do that, and like, as, you, as you're saying, like, but I mean, even even if he was, like, an asshole, he never, he never repents. No. Which is like, and then you have that scene with Christine where he yells at her, which is like, yeah, that's fine, but, and she just like storms off after that. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, there's no repentance. There's nothing, there's nothing to make us feel for you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, It's it's very irritating. And I think part of that also leads to like how he lost the use of his hands when, you know, he's texting and he's speeding and he, he gets thrown over the cliff, right? Yeah. I was thinking about this. Is by doing that, the way that they did it in the movie, they are taking the blame for what happened and they're giving it to him. Like, it's his fault this happened. Um, he never accepts that mm-hmm. in the movie. Like, he right. never, like, literally, legitimately says, like, it's my lifestyle that did this. It's, right. you know, my, it's like he the never. The way that Tony Stark does. Yes, exactly. Like, you never. He realizes my name is on this thing that causes suffering. I'm going to change that. Yes, exactly. There's there's no, like, even, like, he he never accepts the fact that of like, oh, it's my, it was, you know, it was, I mean, he would never say, like, oh, I was texting and driving. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> right. You know, there's two ways you could go with that. One is that he becomes repentant for his lifestyle that caused this mm-hmm. and realizes that he was an asshole and he realizes that he was a jerk and he's a jerk to Christine and all of this stuff. And he could... He kind of does that with her uh, by the end. By the end, but not during that whole sequence, though. Right. 
Um, it needs to start at that point, and yeah. then it'll culminate at the end. And you, or you could also say that you know he could have just been driving normally, and it was just a freak accident that caused it. Yeah, because then it doesn't become like the use of my hands. Like it, it becomes like this was just a senseless accident. Like who do I blame yeah. for this? Right. Look how easily this could be taken, taken away, away. No matter how much I worked for it, no matter how much I feel I deserved it. Yeah. So you have these two great options, and they choose this to ignore Neither completely. Of them. Yeah. yeah. They they chose nothing. Yes. Basically, <laughs> you get nothing. <laughs> you lose. Um, good day, sir. Good day. One of the doctors says that to him. You, you get nothing. Um, I did like uh, like that kind of like Law and Order sequence with Benjamin Bratt in the in the basketball thing though, because uh-huh. it was very like I, I was very Law and Order, which I kind of liked about it was like you know if you find you know if I show you this guy, will you you know keep up the your thing your your occupational therapy is like yeah yeah i'll do that <laughs> and he finds it and ben Bre- benjamin brett you know tells him to go to and puts him on a spiritual quest to Catman do and it's uh-huh. um i i and from there the movie i start i enjoy it a little bit more um I, I did have some problems with the photographic memory part he has no struggle in learning magic no, no. All, all of that came way too easy. That was what I was kind of talking about with, like, how yeah. he just learns it, like, later that day. Like, there was no there was no struggle. There was no challenge for him. Like, I was mad and kind of – I was disappointed when he successfully came back from the mountain. Like, yeah. I really thought they were going to have to, like – Rescue him. I really thought that that would work. Cool. Like, yeah, that was probably – that was probably my bad. That was probably too much of a – but she takes such a – he becomes a teacher's pet, essentially, for no obvious reason to me. Like, yeah. there was nothing other like, than the fact that he's our protagonist, our, our protagonist. <laughs> I had no... Re- I don't understand why he was the favorite. Um, yeah, and that's kind of weird, because, like, there was a lot of people studying there, and it's like, you kind of want to know about, like, them. Like, like, why did you choose this path? And the guy, And the guy's like... I got laid off over at the local union. They put me on furlough for about a year and a half. I had nothing really going, and I was running out of money. So I figured I might as well study with the ancient one, Catman Do. <laughs> and that's Bill the Trucker, Magician yeah. Sorcerer Supreme. <laughs> How about you? I was temping here, <laughs> and I did a really good job, and they just let me start coming in part-time. <laughs> But I'm going to go back to school. I really want to work with animals. <laughs> that was that was Brittany Johnson. Sorcerer's uh, Apprentice. Sorcerer's. Bum, bum. Yeah, there was. There was. There, it, it seemed very strange. Uh, not, you know, no pun intended. There, yeah. It was. Uh, it, it just seemed. I. And it's so weird with movies like this where it's. While you're going along with the ride, you're enjoying the hell out of it. But when you, the second you say "wait," yeah, <laughs> then everything starts just falling apart. Well, the I mean, that was the, my main thing with this movie is that visually it was a lot of fun, yeah. um, and that was most of it. But I think that visual, while it helped distract you from 
some of the problems it was that very much, Marvel look movies. Here, look yeah. at here. Look yeah. at here. Look at here. Look at here. Look at here. Buildings. Whoa, look at that. Yeah. Wait, why is he? Whoa, it doesn't matter. Oh, look, he's over there. Uh, yeah, it, it, it underscored, it distracted from and then also kind of underscores the general problems that the MCU has. Yeah. Like, the movies are really successful and they're very good and they're very fun. And some are better than others, certainly. But... This was always going to be a tougher sell, so I think they needed to make sure that uh, everyone was that it, it had a, a, a good cast, um, you know, good bench, good visuals. They didn't even I was looking and they didn't name any of the villains except for Casilius, Casilius, and, and Dormammu. Yeah, they're all credited as like strong zealot yeah. and tall zealot. And Lady Zealot or whatever. <laughs> I don't know Zealot. what hers is. but Actually, I think that was her... That, would, that sounds like a Stan Lee, Steve Ditko character from the 1960s. Lady <laughs> Zealot. Um, well, I mean... Okay. Next thing I had an issue with. This movie um, fails the bechamel test on every level. Oh, um, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> the Bechdel test. No, no, the bechamel test. There was not enough melty cheese. Um, <laughs> no, it, the, I... Yeah, I'm aware of nice. I like it. But I always call it the bechamel test. Um, Rachel McAdams' character is a great, strong female character. She's a doctor. Mm-hmm. She's um, she could take care of herself. Mm-hmm. She's smart. She don't need no man. She don't need no man. She's she just sees magic and she's like, it's magic, whatever. Yeah. Uh, she's like, hold on a second. There's magic. All right. <laughs> just so we're clear. Just so we're clear. There's magic. <laughs> Um, she doesn't, she's not defined by her relationships. Um, she's very interesting. However, she's completely wasted in this movie. Yeah. She's yeah. just a reactionary character. Right. She's designed, she's there she's to go. She's there Whoa! to comfort yeah. the hero in every single yes. scene. She is another in a very long line of the underutilized love interest in the Marvel movies. Yes. Um, she's like, she's like, um, and she's great, and she she does a, she's always a professional. She always does a really good job. Um, I like her as an actress. She's, she's Regina George. She, that's true. She's like um, like the last big one was what? Uh, 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 Kate from Lost in uh, oh Ant Man. Ant Man. Yeah, I can't remember her character's name or, or the, the Evangeline Lilly. Yeah, I couldn't remember the actor. Um, she was also kind of wasted, but that was also sort of part of the plot, and she's going to get to be yeah. like well, I would an say, action character in the sequel. So yeah, that's I would something. say she's more like Natalie Portman in Thor. Yeah. Um, she's way better utilized than Natalie Portman in Thor, but right. that's because Thor had 80,000 characters to deal with, yeah. and this one is a very, very small movie, which is something I'll get into in just a, in a few seconds. But now, Rachel McAdams' character, Christine, Part of the thing he has one watch that he has one watch left, and it's that Jaeger watch. Mm-hmm. Um, it's his last thing. The robbers are trying to take it from him. Um, he's like, "It's all I have left." Yeah. Um, and it says on the back, it says something blah 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 from Christine. He's obviously holding onto that watch that he could have sold for thirty thousand dollars or you know ten thousand dollars. It's the best I can do. <laughs> I got to make money here. Right. Um, he could he he held on to it because it obviously has sentimental value. Um, he wants to be a better person. Um, 
but why does he want to be a better person? Is it for Christine? Is is like his memory of Christine what's pushing him to go forward with this to be a better person to heal? Like he could easily end it all with a single bullet, but he doesn't. He wants to go on. Why is it for Christine? Is it, you know is that reason why he's holding onto the watch? And if so, he never shows Christine that he saves the world at the end. He doesn't do it for her. She doesn't get to, like. There's no, uh, um, you know conclusion of that storyline with those two mm-hmm. it's kind of annoying because <laughs> hmm. it's like you know why do we have her character here we could easily just had someone else it didn't yeah. really matter he kind of he just reconciles with her after or at least shows her that he's trying to reconcile with her after tilda swinton dies yes and then uh i don't believe she's ever seen again no um, we might see her like her at a glance at the end. I don't recall. Very, very, very weird. I'm going to stop saying very strange because I, I feel <laughs> comfortable saying that yes. with this movie. But it, it's 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 mind boggling. Like, what were they doing with that character? And then one last thing I want to I want to make a complaint about. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's um, something I was I was going to talk about with the uh, in the production notes, but I, I kind of wanted to save it for this part. It's the casting. Um, you know, this movie. M- Got some people upset because um, the ancient one, Tilda Swinton, was cast. You know, right. it's this character who's supposed to be an Asian, you know, a, traditional, you know, like the wise, the wise Asian, Asian man. I right. mean, it's a it's a very stereotypical role right. that they gave to Tilda Swinton in right. this. Now, no matter where you went with it, this thing was going to explode in your face. I mean, this thing was was a was a big landmine to begin with yeah because if you give it to the because if if you give it to an asian actor you know it's like oh this is racist ancient chinese secret um this is no you know it's like well let's move to 20 2016 but if you give it to a white actor it's like or you give it to any other actor it's like well you just took a role away from an asian actor <laughs> right well there is some of that i i think what maybe should have happened, and I'm not going to, you know, wh- whatever. I mean, she did a fine job. I think I understood what they were doing with it. But um, I think the best case scenario, I guess, would have been you keep it as an Asian character, since that's what makes sense anyway. Um, but you just don't play into all of those stereotypes. Yeah, You know, there's no reason to do that stereotype of the of the wise old like you could do something else but still keep it in that world yeah well, um and, and that, i don't know but but you're right i mean it, it was a damned if you do kind of a and here's my other scenario. problem with that is that okay so the trainings all in catman do grant a lot of people go there to you know learn about them the magical ways you know yeah. a lot of stuff so why is why do you have the the villain and the hero, both these white guys <laughs> from, like, yeah. were going there. It's like, Cassilius, Mads Mikkelsen, I love Mad Mikkelsen, completely wasted in this movie, but it's like, what, what, you know, why does Doctor Strange have to be white? Why does Cassilius have to be white? Why Why does Rachel McAdams' character have to be white? What's going on here? Yeah, you know, well. It's it's very frustrating. I'm, I'm kind of coming over to this area of, uh, in this idea of, we have these comic book characters. We don't need to make them carbon copies of exactly how they seem on the page. Mm-hmm. There's no reason for no. that. Um, no, because it can change randomly in the comics yeah. anyway. Like, someone can just decide to do something differently, and it's done. Yeah. So I, the movies can do that, too. 
I've been rewatching uh, a preacher, the AMC show, mm-hmm. and in that show they redid the character of Tulip to be African American by Ruth Nagash, who's going to be in that uh, loving movie, mm. the the Jeff Nichols movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you love Jeff Nichols, I do. Uh, <laughs> but and they changed her character to be African American, and I was just like, it's so like I actually had to like. I actually sat down the other day to read the preacher comic, and I totally forgot that she was a white character in the comic. And I'm like, see, that's the th- that's the problem. It's like I, you get so locked into your head, like, oh well, this is the way the comic has to be. It's like, no, 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 no it's not it at all. I don't know. That's that's kind of my few problems with it. I mean, like, what are what are some of your thoughts if we if I didn't touch on anything? No, I mean, I think it's all the, my main thing, and it didn't really bother me necessarily um, that the plot was, you know, paper thin. I mean, and I, I think that that was fine. This wasn't a movie that necessarily needed to be bogged down with plot. No, it didn't. Um, that was one of the things that maybe was a little confusing about Guardians of the Galaxy, where there was maybe a little too much plot. Yeah. Where I st- I'm not sure I could tell you, it's been a little while since I've seen it, but I don't think I remember exactly what they were doing uh, in that movie, other than they were sort of flying around cracking wise and listening to pop songs. <laughs> uh, that's all you need. Which Kevin. was fine. Yeah. I was like, okay, that's what we're doing here. Um, this was definitely like to introduce sort of this character and some of this, these concepts um, and to have a fun sort of a visual movie. Um, I think it was mostly forgettable. I kind of put it right in the middle, maybe of all the Marvel movies, um, maybe in the back half, but close to the middle i think if i was ranking all of them because it's it, it didn't there were certainly ones that i that annoyed me far more but i think ultimately this is going to be one that i don't know i mean i'll probably check it out again at some point um i think what i liked about this movie is it it took a very it had a very fresh approach to the a time tested um kind of just plot mm-hmm. uh it, it was very visually interesting, and it kept me visually entertained throughout the whole thing. I think um, one of the things that I really enjoyed about it was the kind of wisecracking nature that this movie had. Um, uh, Dan Harmon announced at Comic-Con last year that he did some rewrites on the script. Uh, Dan Harmon, if you guys don't know, guy who created Community, um, uh, Rick and Morty. So, I mean, there was... I th- Like, I was trying to, like, when I was watching the movie, I was trying to think, like, is that a Dan Harmon line? I think the Beyonce one was a Dan Harmon line, personally myself. Um, <laughs> but that, or like the, the maybe that strange line that you had, you know, yeah. it could have been. But I think that the, there was a bit of levity to this movie that I did enjoy more than most. I mean, like for God's sakes, I can't, I cannot sit through another DC movie if it's going to be just the dourness. I need to see something that's going to be fun. Yeah, um, and I think this movie was fun. I, I'd put it in the, probably the top third of of the Marvel movies. For me. Anything else? No. I think we're good. Yeah. Strange magic 
likes it. And I've never heard of any of these movies. Well, yeah, it's, it's of course, as you know, the old term, now you see me, now you see me too. <laughs> um, in, case, in case you guys don't know, uh, we're, uh, we're going to do our, our pick three today. And our, our pick... Are you recording? Th- yes, I'm recording. Oh. And our, our pick three is, uh, Kevin picked top three on-screen magic users. Yeah. Or wizards, if you will, sorcerers. Yeah, um, I, I always say magic users because I play Dungeons and Dragons. Sure. So, <laughs> well, he's a magic user. It's not necessarily make him a wizard. He could be a uh, necromancer. It could be. There's different types. Yeah. <laughs> he could be a f- mage. I suppose. Yes. All uh, right. We'll go ahead with your uh, with your first one. My number three. Uh, my number three. <laughs> my number three magic user that I picked is from the uh, nineteen. Uh, let me get the the nineteen sixty three movie. Uh, right around the same time as Doctor Strange came out, the Sword in the Stone, Merlin from the animated Disney Sword oh, in the sure. Stone. Yeah, uh, huge fan of this movie as a, as a kid. Um, I absolutely loved it, and of course, uh, you know this is it's very faithful to the T H White version of Merlin, where he actually um, d- d- uh, like lives backwards in time, so he's already seen the future. He's just goes through it differently than we see it. it's kind of like a, a weird way of seeing the future mm-hmm. uh, Carl Swenson played him uh, probably best known for the Mad Mad Mim fight scene or a battle yeah. battle of the animals or whatever it is a wizard's duel yeah uh, where they constantly are competing by changing into different animals against each other um, I fell in love with that sequence as a kid and I still remember it to this day it's just fantastic, and I always think of him as kind of like the great proto-wizard, at least in my own way of thinking. Yeah. What's your number three, Kevin? Uh, well, my number three is actually one that I uh, I just saw this movie recently for the first time, and it kind of blew my mind. It's a, a movie that a lot of people have seen, um, and a lot of people really love. I'm sure you've seen it. Um, it is. I have uh, two kids. I I don't see as many movies as I want. <laughs> well, but see, that's the thing is, you may have seen this one. Uh, well, actually, I don't know. Your 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 daughter might be too young for it. Um, it is the enormous headed witch Yubaba. Oh, from, from Spirited, Spirited Away. Away. Yeah. Uh, no, she's seen that. Yeah. Oh, has she? Yeah. Okay. I've, I've shown her Spirited Away. A little bit weird. Um, I just actually saw it for the first time <laughs> this year. I remember year. the texts from it. Yeah. When you were, you're like, so everyone insane in these movies right <laughs> um it kind of blew my mind it, it I, after i held on to the dvd from netflix uh for a day or so and then i watched it again i kind of just put it on um during the day while i was doing some things because i was like i kind of need to i think i need to see it again I, yeah. because i guess i just didn't know what i was expecting and obviously there's there's sort of the dual character role there yeah. anyway there's the bad one and the good one and which one's really which at that point uh <laughs> which ha, which is which? which exactly um but yeah, that one was. I think maybe just because it's so fresh in my mind, I think uh, that oh. one's got to make the list. It's such a an interesting approach to just that entire idea. And of course, everyone uses magic in that entire movie. Yeah, but, uh, I that's it's standard uh, Miyazaki movie where you're just like, this is absolutely brilliant, and I have no idea what is <laughs> going on at all. So this is punishment for like eating noodles, right? Is that what this is about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's you shouldn't have uh, shouldn't have eaten that food. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's it's bizarre. Um, so my number two is um, 
a it's finally getting Alan Arkin onto a list. Um, this is <laughs> Alan Arkin in the uh, 1982 animated movie, The Last Unicorn, where he played Schmendrick, the magician. Yeah. Yes. Um, God, I haven't seen that one in a long time. My daughter's absolutely in love with this movie. Uh-huh. Um, it is the silliest movie I've ever seen in my life, just because it's made in 1982, so it has, like, that weird pop soundtrack to it. Yeah. When the last unicorn. <laughs> I don't even know who the, did the music for that. Let's it's just like say, Toto, I think. I was going to say, let's just say Rainbow. <laughs> Rainbow. I think it's. I think it might actually be Toto. I'm not, I don't know sure. off the top of my head. Um, but that movie is... It's a pretty fantastic animated movie by Rankin Bass, um, mm-hmm. which I'm kind of sad that Rankin Bass doesn't make animated movies like that anymore. Um, probably because it's not profitable and the movies weren't actually that good to begin with. But man, are they a mind trip! Yeah, um, and you got just said appreciate them for just getting out there and trying something different. They've did they've done some weird ones. There's there's even some a few like harder to find movies that uh, that they've done that aren't necessarily kid friendly. Um, I can't recall the, the one of the ones that I'm thinking of, but I mean, you're they, talking like Fire and Ice or like, yeah, like whatever that yeah, movie, Rock yeah, they, and Rule, they've, they've, all those. they've straddled the line. They definitely Wizards. got out there. I think there was. I don't know if they actually did Wizards, but I know that was one I think of them. So they did. Um, yeah, they did some like crazy stuff, and it's like they don't do animation like that anymore. And it's it's not like a adult themed or anything like that. But the Last Unicorn is just an amazing movie, and Schmendrick is a really fun character. It's Alan Arkin doing his. Doing his Alan Arkinist, sure. <laughs> um, um, as Schmendrick, the, the guy who doesn't have any like confidence in himself being a wizard, but the yeah. unicorn, as uh, voiced by Mia Farrow, gives him the confidence to perform magic. Wow. Yeah, Mia Farrow is the unicorn. Yeah, Christopher oh, unicorn. Christopher Lee's in it. Well, um, of course he is. It goes without saying. <laughs> it goes without saying. He would just show up. <laughs> it's actually a, a weird fact about it is Christopher Lee did all of the dubbing for the movie in German by himself. Wow. Like he did it all in German as himself. So nice. It's eighty two, so it's probably West German. Well, uh, speaking of Christopher Lee, uh, my number two is not Christopher Lee, oh. but he faced off against Christopher Lee. Uh, going Gandalf. Yes, that's was the one I said that you were going to put on your list. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I actually just while you were talking, I was like scrambling to come up with a third one because I kept looking at all these lists and I'm like, God, there's like all these movies that I either don't like or haven't seen or couldn't really tell you what the <laughs> wizard is or does in this movie. Um, and I'm like, you know what? I mean, it's classic. It's it's great. And I'm thinking specifically, of course, of Peter Jackson, Lord of the, the Rings. Rings yeah. um, not so much The Hobbit, although it is the same Gandalf. So I guess that one gets kind of uh, shoehorned in there a little bit. I mean, Gandalf is going to Gandalf. The, the nine hours of The Hobbit can condense down to one really good four-hour movie. If that. Yes. If that. I mean, you put in a good good Lawrence of Arabia intermission on there, you're, you're fine. <laughs> there you go. But, uh... but I think for an entire generation, if not maybe two generations, that's going to be like the default Dungeons and Dragons style, you know, fantasy magic user, the good wizard, the guy out there, yeah. you shall not pass. I mean, that's going to be that's going to be that archetype 
And well, he was that archetype for everyone else. And it's, it's just that, right, and it's going to be Ian McKellen. Yeah, now it's Ian McKellen doing it. Right. Yeah, for for a very long time. Yeah, before it was the Rankin Bass one from the well, from the, yeah, the and Hobbit. that's true. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the one: pointy hat, gray beard, or uh, you know, gray robe, big long beard, <laughs> big bushy beard, big yeah. bushy wizard beard. <laughs> Love me some Gandalf. Ah, oh, damn fool of a took. I still will. I still will quote how, uh, the the Lord of the Rings. Like, sure. I I don't know why, but like, you just told me. Uh, you, you, just, you just wrote Prince. <laughs> well, and what I constantly, whenever like people are turning on <laughs> lights in a movie or like anything is like happening where there's a lot of things like turning on or activating in sequence, I yell out Gondor calls for aid <laughs> every time it's it's just part it's just a, a, an instinct now i've i've probably told this story on the podcast before and if i have i apologize but i took my wife to go see uh return of the king at ravinia which is this big outdoor festival we have out by us and uh this is the first time my wife had ever seen return of the king she's she doesn't give a crap about the order she sure she really doesn't care yeah but she had never seen the movie before and it, they had the live symphony and, you know we were out there we're drinking wine and eating cheese and all that fun mm-hmm. stuff. like like you know, white people do. Um, and we're watching Return of the King, and it's that the Gondor calls for aid scene where it's like the big, the big swelling of the orchestra as the lights are going, bah, bah, you yeah. know, whatever, however it goes. And then it, um, and then when it finally reaches and, 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 uh, Aragorn runs into the, the mead hall and he's like, the beacons are lit, the beacons are lit, Gondor calls for aid. And then it's like quiet. And then, uh, Theoden goes, and God, and, uh, Rohan will answer. Ba 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 ba. Everyone goes nuts, and my wife looks at me and goes, "What the hell is happening?" Ah! <laughs> <laughs> it was so perfect. It yeah. burned into my mind is one of my favorite things ever. <laughs> like she was just so like, "What in the hell is happening?" Nerd. <laughs> she stood up and yelled, "Nerds!" And then depantsed you, and then just ran out like a like was it not. Bluto um, from Revenge of Ogre from Revenge yeah, of Nerds. Yeah, exactly. Nerds! <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Um, so my uh. number my number one is um, from a movie I don't like that much, but this performance is one of my favorites. Uh-huh. Um, from the 1981 classic Excalibur. Wow. Um, it is Helen Mirren as the very naked Morgana Le Fay. <laughs> the very, wow. very, very naked Morgana Le Fay. Wow. Yes. Excalibur making its first appearance on the podcast. Yes. The first of many. Well, no, because we talked about Excalibur because that's what uh, the Waynes were going to see in Batman v Superman. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. It is the second time. Okay, that's somehow worse. <laughs> <laughs> um, this movie, Excalibur, is... Just a, 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 a morass of just what the hell is going on. Well, it's isn't it that thing where like it's it's like that post Star Wars or uh, it was post Star Wars, it is post-Star right? Star Wars, and it was yeah. like let's it was that thing where they were like let's we've got to have the next Star Wars. We got to have more yeah. of like the fantasy or like the side like. They were throwing all of that like Flash Gordony type stuff yeah. at us, and some of it was more fantasy, and some of it was more sci-fi. Yeah, it was. This is this is John Borman. So, like, the late seventies and early eighties had like five of those a year. Yeah, it was. This was like a, the big John Borman epic. Yeah, um, it was telling the story of Arthur. 
uh, it was all done to like the music of Carl Orff. You know, like, D, S, C, And it's like, the movie makes no sense linearly. It's um, just a series of vignettes about Arthur's life. But Morgana Le Fay, of course, is his half-sister, who he eventually has sex with, and, you know, they have Mordred. Mm -hmm. But this is, like, very, very hot-to-do, you know, Dame Helen Mirren. Like, back when she was, like, yeah. Oh, sure. that's, That's right. Like... Like, in 1981, it was, like, fancy a shag Helen Mirren, and, like, that's the type of Helen Mirren you were looking for. You know who's in this movie? Liam, Liam Neeson. Neeson. Yeah, wow. Liam Neeson. He plays uh, Gawain. Gawain. And then, Weird. Uh, and also uh, Jean-Luc Picard. Uh, Patrick Patrick Stewart's in there. He plays uh, uh, King Arthur's father, I think, I want to say. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> Uther. Uther Pendragon, yeah. I think. I'm not 100% sure on that. But uh, no, he plays uh, What's-Her-Face's dad. Yeah, Uther is uh, Gabriel Byrne. Gabriel Byrne. Sure. Yes. Uh, no, yeah, he plays uh, Guinevere's dad, I think. Could be. Yeah, might could be. Uh, but yeah, Crazy. that's my number one pick, because it's uh, the very, very naked Helen Mirren in, <laughs> in Excalibur. Well, my number one is not naked, uh, although he very well could have been, because uh, you get uh, his costume leaves pretty much nothing to the imagination. <laughs> uh, I am going with the late David Bowie in 1986's Labyrinth as the Jared the Goblin King. King. Uh, he uses magic. I was going to say, I don't think that he's a wizard. He's the Goblin King. Yes, he uses uh, magic. He's it's... the hair metal Goblin King, but he is a... I will allow it. Yeah. Well, I figured you would. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wasn't really thinking this one was a cheat, but no. just in terms of... I wouldn't call him a wizard, definitely. He uses the magic of his penis <laughs> throughout the movie. Thrusting it in everyone's face. Yes. Standing there with like a leg up, so it's just there, front and center at the camera. Well, he's a uh, he does use penis mancy throughout the entire movie. So, <laughs> yeah, um, no, I mean that's going to be uh, you know that's one of those for a generation, a certain generation that's uh, a key movie. I mean, you know, Henson Studios, obviously, but um, you know, I, I, I. I haven't seen a lot of David Bowie's film roles. I've seen a few. Um, that is definitely the most fun. Also one. in The Prestige. Yeah. He plays. That's true. Yes. He plays. Uh, uh, Tesla. Yeah. yeah. Yes, he does. It's like, and all of a sudden, like, all of, like, those indie girls just went, ah, yeah. David Bowie is Tesla. Remember when everyone loved Tesla for, like, three years? Yeah. That was yeah. weird. Yeah. That was weird. We went through a weird, like, Tesla phase in America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, but anyway, that's my number one. Uh, yeah. Dance, magic, dance. Dance, magic, dance. <laughs> Putting that in the segment. All right, so just a little bit of comic booky news. Um, the trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy 2 dropped. Yeah. Uh, or, or a teaser, I guess, but it was more of a trailer. That was a pretty big trailer. Well, a teaser, right? I mean, is there another one other than the one well, where he sort of awkwardly hugs him? That's about it. That's it. That's, that's like the... the the teaser That's trailer. the one that I yeah. saw, yeah. That's the one that uh, was in front of Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. The one that was online. Um, you know, just, they're not showing a lot, but they're showing just enough to kind of get you interested. You get little so baby... Everyone's gro- coming back. Little baby Groot. Baby Groots. Uh, Drax, of course, misunder- misreads the situation. You yeah. know, the standard stuff. Yeah. You know, not sounds sounds like Gamora and, uh, and uh, Star-Lord are going to be having some issues. Yeah, you know, going on there. You know, they're trying. Will they ever find? Love? Will they ever find? Will love? those two kids, those two crazy kids, get together? Yeah. 
another Wonder Woman trailer dropped. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that one's pretty long. Yeah, like twenty minutes long. Twenty minute long. <laughs> you know, the fighting, fighting the Kaiser. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why can't she be just be fighting Nazis? Why does it gotta be the Kaiser? Uh, we see a lot of Nazis. I think it's interesting to be in World War One for a change. I, I think it's interesting too, but Nazis are such great villains. I know. I'm never going to be mad to see someone punching Nazis, Nazis, but I also think like, okay, all right, we won't have the excuse of this movie's good because she fights Nazis. We'll Uh, have to be like, oh, it has to be good for other reasons. Yeah, I guess. I mean, like, I I just don't see as much of of like, oh, look at Wonder Woman punch Kaiser Bill right in the face, (laughs) you know? Yeah. It's like, okay, okay, okay. Right. I, I, I guess. I, I, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it looks good, though. Still looks good. Still gives me the uh, the Captain America first Avenger vibes. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty close to that. Looks like it's going to be a three-hour version of that movie. <laughs> it's going to be long. The real wonder is going to be how I can get through it without having to get up to go to the bathroom ten times. The, the real wonder is how many sighs we're going to be doing throughout that podcast. Yeah. Oh, so then Wonder Woman goes and does this thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, and then uh, um, just uh, well, we have the Logan trailer. Yes, the also. Logan. That was the That's other the one. Big the big one. Yeah. The uh, we talked about that one a little bit with uh, Johnny Cash's hurt being yeah. played, where that just pisses me off. Um, <laughs> you know, it's I, I'm still not. <sighs> I still don't know how to feel about it. Love is a burning ring. I want it to be the exact same Moby trailer, like scene for scene the same. A fiery ring. (laughs) But with Ring of Fire playing instead. I told you like a child. Oh, but the fire went wild. It's like that thing that we were doing for a while I where we were to, to making alternate movie fire. soundtracks. Oh, yeah, Do you yeah, remember yeah, this? Yeah. And we were, this is years ago, and Joe and I are watching the King Arthur movie with Kieran Knightley. Oh. <laughs> and, and, and Clive Owen. Yeah. And we're watching this, and this was like our gimmick, was we were sitting around and we were like, let's find alternate songs to play in movie scenes. And I re- will never forget during their big, Ugh. hot <laughs> Love scene. Love making scene. You're like, I've got it. And you walk over and put on Ring, <laughs> Ring of Fire. Fire. And anyway, obviously you had to be there. We were young and, and, and drinking heavily, I'm sure. But uh, I, always, I will always think of that. I always remember the one the one thing that I always remember when we did is when I put on uh, um, Eye of the Tiger during the big uh, fight scene in the movie Troy. In Troy. Yes. Yeah. That was the one I remember. Uh, <laughs> we, we weren't funny then. We're not funny now. No. Um, Yes, and the, the Logan trailer. I still don't know how to feel about it. I think it could be fantastic. Yeah, it, it won't. could be. There are. <laughs> it won't be. No, there could be great things that they could do with, you know, uh, coming to deal with age and responsibility, and um, you know, like like the feeling of alone mm-hmm. and, and all of this stuff about like you know what is it well, he's, he's yeah. trying to find a purpose find a purpose that's a, that you know, sort of thing um at the end of your life and things like that but the movie will touch on none of it no it will be about punching it'll be about punching and, and it'll cursing be, it'll and, be about cursing now and moving your hands weird to make energy yeah <laughs> <laughs> probably um so, well because that's the movie and i and i don't know that it's been rated yet but that the idea is that they were talking about it it they're going for an r, r rating, rating yeah uh, post deadpool and so there's the line in the trailer where he says it's a, it's a different world now and i keep thinking they're like an r-rated one yeah 
We're going to use the F-bomb multiple times. (laughs) It's a different bleeping world, (laughs) Professor X. Logan, you're such a boop. (laughs) Right. Well, beep you too, Professor Boop. Logan, put some pants on. (laughs) No. Um, it's like you. Can, you guys wanted this R rating. News today. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, this got dark. <laughs> oh, um, man. Yeah, that, I, I'm. I, I'm big not, naked Wolverine. Because the the comic that it's based off, Old Man Logan, is insane. Like yeah. it is. It is. It is so like it's well written, but it's like it just. It, uh, all I can say is that it involves Logan fighting the inbred children of Hulk and She-Hulk. I don't know that that will make it into the film. I don't think so either. I, I think they're going to take that in a different direction. Yeah, I mean, like, I, essentially this movie looks like, okay, so from my just, like, seeing the trailer and knowing the Mar- Marvel Universe and the X-Men Universe, um, Wolverine is looking, f- uh, the, the little girl is Wolverine's clone, X-23, who's in the comics. Okay. Um, and that... Professor X is putting him on one last mission to go save her if she's the last mutant or whatever else have you. Um, and that's what he's got to do. So he's got to protect her from like a bunch of the government, know, the government um, who's coming to take his guns. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thanks, mutant Obama. <laughs> right. uh, you know, and that's what it's going to be about. And so it's kind of like this, like the last of us slash walking dead style thing where everything's going to be like really hot looking like everything's dusty. Yeah. For some odd reason. Well, I'll like that. That could be a good aesthetic. Because Nestle took all of our water. Yeah. Yeah. That's what what it's going to look like. So I'm not not 100% sold on it. But Mm -hmm. because, like, it could be good. Like, just like Age of Apocalypse. Not Age of Apocalypse. But Apocalypse looked like, oh, this could be a fun romp in the 1980s. And it wasn't. And it wasn't. No. Or like uh, Days of Future Past had me. They got the seventies just right. Yeah. But this maybe not as much. There's one more that I actually watched today. This is not a Marvel or a DC thing. I'm not sure if you've seen the trailer for it. It's a new is Luke it Valerian in, yeah. the, in the Thousand Worlds or whatever the new, it's called. Yeah, exactly. It's new Luke, Luke Besson. Yeah. Um, it looks like it'll be kind of crazy. I I, I wasn't gonna. I was watching it and I didn't really I hadn't really heard about the movie and I don't know anything about what it's what it's based on until they were like oh based on the graphic novel and I was like ooh okay it's kind of relevant to the thing I do yeah um, so I, uh, I I I wasn't sure if you had a chance to see that I did uh, I like Luke Besson uh, he really can't do too much wrong in my in my opinion I think he's he's a a, a director with a vision as long as yeah, right as long as he commits to whatever his vision is even if the output isn't great like i thought lucy was uh a fun movie if yeah. deeply flawed and kind of nonsensical <laughs> deeply I was like, flawed is the nicest thing you could possibly say <laughs> about the plot of that movie uh, but i enjoy i mean i enjoyed watching it i was oh, like it was, it was on the movies romp. on the movie's terms once i was like okay as long as the movie committed to what the movie was doing then I was fine. The it's... science of that movie was one step above phrenology. For sure. Yeah. And I, you know what? And I was like, okay, as long as they don't go back on this at any point in the movie. Yeah. They commit. And they, um, they don't. So yeah, good for them. Valerian, it looks great. It's got the, it's, it's got the witch from a, a Suicide Squad in it. Yeah. With her, with her weird eyebrows. Yeah. And her lover who kind of looks like he's related to her. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> right. Uh, I was kind of weirded out and by is that. that. I was Asa like, Butterfield, the kid who's trying to be in everything. Yeah, I and guess. They keep trying to be in these like young adult type things, and none of them yeah. ever, ever take. Yeah, and the, like, so those who've listened to this podcast know about my, not necessarily disdain, but my kind of just like exhaustion with dealing with French and Belgian comics. Like, oh, is that what that's it is? Valerian and the Worlds of Tomorrow, or whatever the hell the thing's called. It's, it's Luc Besson, of course, got, you know, he's French and it's it's a French comic and it's it's very much from well, that. It looks very like up your alley, though. It, it does, but that's because that's Luc Besson and sure. he's got lots of animatronics and, and puppetry and aliens. Yeah. I love space opera. That's my total. That is yeah. my alley. Um, but it's just once again, it's like it's French, so we'll see. You know, I think you know we were talking about on the next podcast maybe doing Barbarella. Yeah, I'm, I'm, that'd be fun. That's that's right from the French comics practice. as well. Good, yeah, good practice for that. So maybe we'll maybe we'll stick with the Barbarella and we'll 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 talk about some Duran Duran throughout the entire thing. Oh, be, um, I also want before we went on uh, Steve Dillon, the artist uh, I wanted to talk about from Preacher. You know, mm-hmm. the aforementioned Preacher that we were talking about. Um, just died recently. He was only in his like mid fifties at the time. Um, still no real. I don't think they've released the cause of death yet. But I just I wanted to talk about it that um, he was a an artist that I I I didn't grow up really enjoying him. But I you know I came to him much later in my comic book reading uh, life. He he teamed up with Garth Ennis, who was a big fan with. Um, and they, of course, did uh, a Preacher, which completely changed the way that I read comics. Preacher and Sandman are the two books I will always go to is the ones that kind of like really opened my eyes to like, oh, wow, this isn't just Superman fighting, you know, blood sport you know, for for fun. This is this this is real. This is I also discovered it when I was getting my English major in college. So, of course, I thought everything was like, no, there's a deeper meaning to all of this. <laughs> but he was. uh he was pretty formative. I mean, you don't get anywhere without, uh, um, with without having him there to really yeah. push you. Um, his his work in Hellblazer, of course, is also great as well. He was working on something. I who knows how he died. I don't really care. I just really know that he did have an impact on me as a comic book reader. Um, his artwork and his like appreciation for the grotesqueness of just normal humanity Hmm. like he would draw a person that was just like a normal everyday person but it would just be in such a grotesque way that you could see how awful they were or he would draw a person that was supposed to be like like a good person but he would draw them in such a way that was like they were still grotesque looking but you still appreciated them and saw that they were a good character even through the grotesquery it's it's like almost like what uh What's his face? Who wrote Willy Wonka? What's his name? Uh, Roald Dahl. Dahl. Mm-hmm. He would write about that quite often about like how like even a person with a snaggle tooth and a crooked nose, like if they were a good person, they would shine through. And Dylan would capture that through his art. And I think that was that's something to be said. <laughs> you remind me of the babe. Babe with the power. Power of voodoo. You do. Remind me of the babe. A goblin, babe. <laughs> well, <laughs> I saw my baby crying hard as babe could cry. What could I do? My baby's love had gone. 
Diamond Snails Or Puppy Dog Snails Thunder or Lightning And Baby said Doctor Strange. Mm. Doctor. Oh, wait, I lost the accent uh, all of a sudden. Uh, doctor, I can't do it now. I'm done. Uh, I'm going to talk. Uh, I can't. I can't. Yeah, whatever. I'm done. Wrong. wrong. <laughs> doctor Strange. I'm going to talk like Kermit. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> it's time to use my magic. It's time to start the show. I'm going to make lights come out of my fingertips tonight. <laughs> Hi ho, Dr. Stephen Strange here. <laughs> Fright special guest, Dormammu! Yay! <laughs> and he just like comes out it- and then stuffs Kermit in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy. Anyway, Vincent uh, Price is Doctor Stephen Strange. <laughs> anyway, so uh, Doctor Strange, how how are you? Um, how are we going to rate Doctor Strange? What are you going to give it? Uh, middle of the road. I mean, my expectations were pretty low for it. Not knowing anything about the character, knowing that I, the stakes for Marvel seemed very low. I mean, you know, they've got a lot down the pipeline. Not a single one of their movies has debuted outside of number one. Every well, one of their movies has debuted at number one and has made yeah. over 300 million domestic box office. And so, I mean, I guess there's obviously no, but I, I mean, in terms of like, if the character didn't take, yeah. like, it's not like, it's like, you know, who cares? Like, it's not like they're going to, A, they're going to bring him back anyway. <laughs> Doctor Strange didn't do well. Sell all your stock at Disney. <laughs> right. You know, so it was like, okay, well, let's see what this looks like. You knew it was going to be reasonably tangential to the, the the only reason they they bring up the infinity stone at the end of the damn thing is because it's like otherwise it and thor shows up is because otherwise it has nothing to do with anything in the marvel universe which i think is a good thing and i think it's oh, fine oh i forgot to tell you this is, this is an infinity stone <laughs> <Yeah>. the end <laughs> <laughs> well that wraps up that <laughs> oh wait i forgot to tell you this is infinity stone boom <laughs> fiend <laughs> uh, so I don't know I mean I guess the effects and the visuals were great and we, we had a lot of fun watching that some of the action sequences were were pretty good again pretty low stakes um, paper thin plot that I don't think necessarily hampered the movie although it didn't do it any favors um, I feel like I live in the B range constantly with these movies but I'm going to give it a B minus I'm, I'm going to give it a B Solid B. Okay. Um, I think what pu- pushed it up from like a B minus for me is the humor, and I th- I really really enjoyed um, the, just every character oozed charisma, and I think that was what was great. Wong, mm-hmm. uh, Tilda Swinton, uh, uh, Baron Mordo, they were they were all very charismatic. Uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor, I could watch him in anything. He should have oh, sure. played Doctor Strange. Yeah. I mean, he could've really should have. He he, he could have done a fantastic job as that. Mm-hmm. Let let Benedict Cumber Cumberbund play Mordo. You know, right. um, I'm gonna kill wizards now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> dun, dun, 
Um, you know, I was really, and I, I think that the problem was, was that they were too safe with the movie. They didn't. Yeah. Um, I think that's accurate. They didn't, they didn't go anywhere that would have necessarily challenged us as a viewer or, you know, anything like that. Well, it was sort of telling that, you know, I mentioned, we were talking about it earlier, you know, the whole thing about like the mirror dimension and it's like nothing that happens here has any impact in the real world. And it's like, yeah, that's true of all Marvel movies, really, especially <laughs> this one. You know, it's like, yeah, talk about playing it safe. It's like nothing was at stake anywhere. But I mean, I mean, even though it was, because obviously there was a giant, you know, Lovecraftian tentacle monster yeah. coming from I mean, another just, universe. Just coming off of Civil War, which you know, pose some interesting questions. I mean, it didn't challenge you as a viewer and like, oh my God, my worldview has changed. But I mean, at least it, it left some stuff that was morally gray. You know, this didn't really challenge us at all as a viewer. Yeah. Yeah. And so, well, what's, well, and I'll, and I'll answer the, I'll say why I'm bringing this up in a minute in a, after we figure it out. But next year is what? Because there's, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Okay, Guardians and Actually, then it's Thor. Three it's going to be year. three in, because they're pushing up Guardians Spider-Man. Of the yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, okay. Spider-Man, and Thor. Because I was thinking... Thor 3. And I suppose that works. Thor 3. I was almost thinking about, like, remember for a long time when Spielberg was doing, like, two movies a year, almost. And he was... I mean, he wasn't doing them every year, but he was doing, like, his serious Oscar movie, and then he would do, like, a Jurassic Park. You know yeah. what I mean? He would do Schindler's List, Jurassic Park. You right. Know? Catch Me If You Can, Munich. Right, he would he would balance those out, and I'm wondering if the terminal, <laughs> I yeah, like my interest in that movie. Um, the, that was bad. I know. Well, whatever. Um, it wasn't a bad movie. We're either. at the end of the podcast. They can't all be winners at this point. But good Stanley Tucci vehicle. Um, I wonder if Marvel is going to be kind of doing something like that, where it's like a loose, silly, like not really related to the whole larger story like not in the avengers world movie and then an avengers related movie uh, every year i i don't know i don't know if it bears yeah, out at i don't all, know because but... i mean after after guardians 2 spider-man thor 3 then it's um it's, it'll be black panther in an avengers yeah, movie it's right? black panther and then the infinity war right um part one and then there's like of 19. <laughs> yeah. And then I I think after that it's um yeah there's Ant-Man and Wasp I think is is the only other one on the on the docket. Oh, and Captain Marvel. They're doing Captain Marvel ah, in between yes. there. So. Okay. Probably... So I don't know. I mean it, it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. I mean there like... will be a Doctor Strange 2. This movie made gaga money. Sure. At least according to the Hollywood Reporter, where just yeah. they get all my adjectives from. Um yeah, it, this movie will get a second one, and Benedict Cumberbatch will come back and talk in an awful American accent again. It's going to be called Let's Get Strange. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is really weird. <laughs> those gloves you wear at the end, those aren't for magic. Those are for other things. <laughs> um, oh, that's the other thing I really did like. I really like the costume work in this movie, too. I didn't yeah. mention that, but I, I just thought it, it, everything looked really, like, cool. Like, I was like, oh, that's real cool looking. Yeah. When he put on the cape... In, in the Sanctum Sanctorum, and he walked up the stairs. What he flew up, and I was just like, "Oh, that's just that's just cool." I'm as a comic book fan. I'm like, I'm getting a comic book fan boner right now. That's what sure. I'm getting. This is this is great. I love this. Yeah, but yeah. I think they I think they hit that really well. But yeah, he didn't need a Van Dyke. He could have just had the mustache. I think it would have been fine. Yeah. <laughs> All right, go to planetarbitrary.com for your planet arbitrary needs. You can follow me on Twitter at planet arbitrary. You can follow Kevin at 
at uh, KWhite says. Like the Facebook page, backslash comic book logic. Um, you could also uh, help out the podcast best by like, comment, and subscribing on the iTunes. Uh, you can help out our sister podcast, Game Classy Podcast, which is all about tabletop gaming, and the Play On Podcast is all about video games. So, Kevin, until Barbarella. Wrong. Comic Book Logic. <laughs>